Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction of any kind or those searching for a better way to live. Rich and Susan Collenberg found freedom from drug addiction and alcoholism over two decades ago. In the series, The Temple of the Mind, they examine the Beatitudes, the Lord's Prayer, and other Bible passages to show how God uses His Holy Word in the events and trials of life to prepare hearts and minds to be the temple of His Holy Spirit. Take every thought captive now on Freedom to Choose. Thy kingdom come, thy will be Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And she is sitting right across from me. Welcome, everyone, to Freedoms to Choose. And this is our new series, The Temple of the Mind. We're still going to call it new, as this is episode number five um, on the series, The Temple of the Mind, which is, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness and... um, Susan, before we pray, let's talk just a little bit about uh, this progression that happens as Jesus is going through the uh, the Beatitudes, and we're going to talk about the Beatitudes and then some of the other sayings in this series uh, that Jesus says and talks about. And we're going to talk about just now this why we're doing it, because see, the Beatitudes, it, it, what Jesus is doing is... He's going through kind of the the leading edge of a Christian experience, if you will. Uh, the, first, he go he talks about the people who have felt their need, and those are the poor in spirit, and that's where it starts. You know, when you when you feel your need, and then he goes to those who have mourned, and they're not mourning because um, somebody died or something like this. They're mourning because they have a real heartfelt sorrow for sin, and then of course he goes to uh, the next thing of those are blessed are those who are meek because that is the natural progression of the character once you feel you know once you feel your need once your sorrow for sin you you you, you kind of assimilate that character by letting Jesus in and and we become meeker and meeker in character and so now today we're on blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness and so we see a progression that Jesus is talking about in the human mind, in the temple of the mind. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just fascinating, and that's this is what kind of inspired our program, was this progression and this this character change, this character transformation. Mm-hmm. And we, I think you were going to say something about the fruits of the Spirit well, as well. I think it's, a, it's the um, same progression that happens within the fruit of the Spirit. Um, I love this... Um, it's not. A, I guess it's a, a paraphrase, paraphrase, a paraphrase of a Bible. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, but at Galatians five, and it says, um, "We're called to be free, free from selfishness, free from fear, and free from death." And so we shouldn't be gratifying our selfish desires, but we need to live by the principles and the power of the Holy Spirit. 
um, and then it goes through and and um, gives all those fruits of the spirit. So once that character, you were talking about the progression of this character, it's kind of like a baby growing up into an adult. There's different stages. Stages of, the, of growth. Exactly. So there's di- there's different stages of the planet. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think you can go from like. Um, you know, you can go from like the smallest thing and you get bigger. So mm-hmm. so eventually I think God wants us to be on that upper level, looking down at the earth, looking down at his plans, mm-hmm. looking down at all of the history of earth and what happened from the beginning before the earth was formed and all the way through. So with the fruit of the Spirit, it starts with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, trustworthy, gentleness, and above all, self-control. <clears throat> above all. Right. Which is the that's Culmination. Self, self-mastery. Right. Which is what he desires from all of us, to be in control of our emotions. It's okay to have emotions. It's not okay for your emotions to have you. It's okay to have feelings. It's not okay for your feelings to have you. So what, what God is doing, this, these are the burdens— Mm-hmm. That Jesus lifts, or mm-hmm. right. this is the burden of this carnal nature that we can be weared, weighed down with all these cares, and and He's saying, if you recognize your need and you let me in, I can lift those stressors, and we can get up to thirty thousand feet here, and we can look at at what's really important, and that is you letting me into your heart. Right, because not only do we have our own lives that we start and we set ourselves in paths of unrighteousness, we have genetic yeah. tendencies that are born within our DNA Yeah, that if we make certain choices, we turn on genes, and if we make other choices, we may turn off genes. Yeah, gene expression. Or, exactly, yeah. but the, the, a lot of us who um, don't start off in the Christian life and haven't been taught about that, we have many, many, many years of um, of these ruts and these ditches that we have that are that are. Um, um, that are physiologically in our minds. So regardless of what happens, we kind of automatically boom. And before you know it, you're in the ditch and you're going down this path you never wanted to. So it's God's spirit that comes in and with our cooperation can help us to clear out that carnal nature, just like what yeah. Paul was talking about with the old man. Exactly. It's Romans like, 7. Right. So it's who are you? Who are we entertaining? Who is going to be on the throne of that heart? Who's yeah. residing in that temple? Yeah. And and it's something that um, Jesus, like you say, Jesus came to heal us and to give us a, a right spirit. Yeah. So that's kind of a lead into our, our, why we titled the series, The Temple of the Mind. And of course, why we're going through the Beatitudes and some of the other sayings of Jesus, which which I I I have found fascinating, and I hope that you do too, uh, Susan. Before we get into uh, this part of the Beatitudes, would you open with a word of prayer, please? Yes, our loving Father in heaven, we are grateful that you are the great physician. You are the one who um, knows us from the inside out. You see our tendencies to to. Um, express our ego, and um, Lord, we just invite you right now to send your spirit to help us to to learn something new, and not just to learn, but to act upon it. We just pray that you continue to do your work of, of cleansing the temple in all of us, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, you know, you mentioned ego in, the, in your prayer there, and the first place my mind went was 
You know, my ego is very cunning, and it, it will tell me it's okay to do things that Jesus says it's not okay to do, mm-hmm. like judging others, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Um, it's, it, like, it's like that two-edged It's very sword cunning. Because um, I think that Satan and our own selves, we can go to either ditch, so to speak, right? We yeah. can go to self-loathing or self um, grandiose, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, right? self-aggrandizement or whatever right. you want to call it. So you can you can go into both ditches depending upon what day it is, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> and and both ditches are self-centered, right? And that's the frustrating part uh, in the Christian experiences. And I know uh, one of the books I wrote, I I told a story about um, about. Um, going down to the old house and feeding some cows and I was in there and was getting the hay and I heard this banging and I had been going through like three weeks of a really deep depression. And I was, I mean, I was done stick a fork. I was so done. And this you, was probably going to say stick a fork, stick me, a fork in me. I'm done yet. Yeah. Uh, this was probably 15, 20 years ago. Uh, so I was, I was maybe five years clean and sober and I, I'm going and I'm feeding the cows and I hear this, this bang, 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 and, and what on earth is that? There's the, the the renters aren't here. There's no reason. What is there? An animal caught in the garage or something? So I look around the corner, and there's this turkey walking past my truck. And every time he saw his reflection in the chrome bumper, he started pecking at it. And it was right about then he he'd walk by, he'd look, he'd see himself, he'd peck it, he'd turn away and he'd walk and then he'd walk back by it again and he'd see himself again and he'd peck at it again. And right about then I got this impression, Rich, you are depressed because you've put yourself in the center and you're just like that turkey. Instead of looking at Jesus, you've been looking at yourself for the past three weeks and you don't like what you see and you're pecking yourself to death. Right. And the thing and, is, is, is sometimes we can be our own worst enemies. Yeah, we can peck our, that's, right. I mean, and it's once like it, that turkey saw that himself in that reflection thinking he's an enemy and yeah. I got it. And that's what we do. That's what we to do. Ourselves and, and, well. and the weird thing is our nature does that. And it's hard to recognize when you're in that because you know when you when you're depressed you don't even want to feel good you, right. you, you just kind of want to sit in the ugliness right and so if we can take ourselves out of the center and put Jesus in the center and it it, it takes a lot of uh, of putting those f- feelings in check you know we talked earlier about it's okay to have an emotion emotions it's not okay for your emotions to have you it takes a lot of putting those emotions in check. And so actually, I had a rough couple of days, the last two days. This morning, I started on my way to work, I started looking at what I was thankful for and physically pointing out beautiful trees and birds. And and, and then by the time I had gotten to work, I was changed. Mm -hmm. I was thanking God for my wife. I was thanking her for the lunch she made me. I'm thankful for the sparrows that are in the barn. And by the time you go through this list of being uh, thankful, it changes you. And so, but in the process, emotions got to kind of be put into check. Well, and and we also want to make clear that we recognize that, um, you know, we're how many thousands of years away from God's perfect creation and the human race continues not to get better, but to get, you know, to degrade. So and so sometimes people who um, deal with uh, struggles in a mental way, 
um, there's actually an organic base for it. So it's not always, you know, we, we want to recognize that. Oh, they, yeah, there's, there, there's need for medication. Absolutely. There's need for all kinds of uh, different approaches. Modalities that will help. And so, but that is one of them. That's you one can, of them. You know, it's just like when um, times are good and if somebody likes to write, that's why we encourage people, okay, well, write down everything so that you've got it on a piece of paper so that when times are bad, you can look back and say, wow. How far God has already brought exactly. you. That was important to me back then, but now it's in my rearview right. mirror. I don't stress over that. So what did we say? Um, five and five? Five and five. Right. Yeah, don't anguish and argue over something for more than five minutes if it's not going to matter in five years. Exactly. Yeah. So I really, I saw that and I thought that's really good. Don't, you know, don't be, don't waste your time and your energy and your your life force over something that doesn't matter. Yeah, And so that can matter. give you a good outlook. outlook. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what, what is important about these Beatitudes and character traits is, is what Jesus is teaching us is he's teaching us to embrace him and embrace character traits that don't incur guilt. Because guilt separates us from God, and so He's teaching us to to uh, recognize our need, let Him in, and then begin to hunger and thirst for righteousness, and 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 then we will we won't do we won't do those things that incur guilt. Right. He's acting about um, he's talking about character traits because character. What 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 is so important about character? Okay, yeah, because we are the dwelling place of God, no? Mm-hmm. Know ye not that ye are the temple of the Holy Spirit? And mm-hmm. this is what's very important. I don't know if we take that serious enough, you know? The Bible says, let your light shine, not make it shine. If you're letting it shine, that means that Jesus is dwelling in you and you are letting it shine. Mm-hmm. So we are the dwelling place of, of, of God. So why... So. So we're talking about the Beatitudes, and why are they so—it's interesting because God had to come down in human form to tell us to be meek, to tell us right. to be, you know, to love one another. Yeah, to, to tell us not right. to kill our neighbors exactly. or take their wife. Right, so why why does that happen in humans? Okay, so why—and why is it so contrary right. to our nature, I guess you would you say? Well, because human nature runs on fear. Fear of being caught, fear of being exposed, fear of not measuring up, fear of what others might say. And with all this fear, we act out in very similar ways. But God is perfect love, and perfect love casts out fear. And when there is no fear, we don't act like, quote-unquote, normal people. And that's contrary to human nature, you know what I mean? Human nature wants to be puffed up. Human nature wants the ego to be bolstered, um, things like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. So our scripture is, Blessed are they who, which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. That's Matthew 5 and 5, verse 6. How do we become someone who hungers and thirsts after righteousness? You know, it's a great question. And, and the, you know, as we know, the Holy Spirit is constantly drawing us. And when we answer that call— and of course, we are free not to. We are free not to. But when we answer that call, there's a change that begins to happen. And the more we answer the promptings, the more we get used to answering the promptings. And then we acquire, through practice and through participation, a taste 
for the right and a distaste for the wrong. Now, can I develop a taste for the Bible by reading porn every day instead of the Bible? No. No. You know, see, and that's how it works. Well, and so the other thing is, is when you were reading that, I was thinking, you know, you become. So if if you've never been married and you have a relationship and you become husband and wife, it's not like you're uh, have arrived at being well, a married couple, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of work right. that goes into and everything, um, every minute of every day is different and the growth patterns are different. It's and marriage is such a good um metaphor. Um especially I mean take our marriage for example. Susan married the most self-centered, selfish guy probably um anyway, I won't get off on that. But anyway, it it's it's a tr- it's a tr- a marriage is is when people who have lived by themselves up to a certain point now are responsible for a cohesive together as a a unit as a unit and it's the same thing with god right and the more we get to know god the more unified you come with you become with him right see and in righteousness so he says blessed are those whose hunger and thirst for righteousness righteousness simply put is likeness to god and god is love first john 4 16 it's conformity to the law of God, for all thy con- commandments are righteousness, Psalms 119, 172. And love is the fulfilling of the law. Righteousness is love, and love is the light and the life of God. The righteousness of God is embodied in Jesus. We receive righteousness by receiving him. And, of course, assimilating his character. Right. And righteousness is freely given to everyone who hungers and thirsts to receive it. Ho, everyone that thirsts, come to me, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come buy and eat without money and without price. Their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. And this is his name by which he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. That's Isaiah 55, 1. 54:17 and Jeremiah 23:6. Yeah, no human being other than of course Jesus can provide that that which will satisfy the hunger and thirst of the soul. Jesus says, "Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, I'll open the door. I will come in and I will sup with him and he with me. I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. That's Revelation 3.20 and John 6.35. As we need food just to sustain our physical strength, so we need Jesus, the bread from heaven, to sustain spiritual life and impart strength so that we might be able to work the works of God. Right, because as our body is continually receiving nourishment that helps to sustain our life and vitality in the same way, the soul must be constantly communing with Christ, submitting to him, and depending totally upon him. Just like a weary travel looks for a spring in the desert and finding it quenches his burning thirst, so will the Christian thirst for and obtain the pure water of life, which is Christ as the fountain. You know, when you're saying that... I. It reminded me of, of, you know, I got, I got to thinking about thirsting, and I remember, I mean, it was 50 years ago in high school, 
just told everybody how old I am. Um, That's all right. Yeah. Um, and we, we had football practice and they used to irrigate. Those were the days, Those were right? the days. And, and they, <laughs> used to, hard. they used to irrigate the f- football field with a sprinkler pipe. And, and so then on the end of the sprinkler pipe, uh, when they, they'd cap it off when they weren't running the sprinklers. And so, you know, we, we had practice like an hour and a half and they, we, we, we were going to win the championship. So we, we really practiced hard. And I can remember being so thirsty and all of us guys, when they gave us like a five minute break, we ran over to the, to the sprinkler water and uncapped that aluminum cap and that water ran everywhere, into, and the, the lawn had just been mowed, so there was grass clippings and mud in it. And here's all of us laying face down in this mud puddle, drinking this water. I have never, I'll never forget that I had never been that thirsty. And I, 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 you know, it's kind of a metaphor. You know, when we got clean and sober, I, because I, I, I am still now very, very thirsty for for Jesus and for His ways and for God. But I can remember. That is what drew us. We were thirsty. Mm-hmm. When, when we got clean and sober, there was something missing out of our life, and we knew it. Right. And when we found, uh, when we found God, and or I want to say God found us, everything— well, we finally opened our eyes. Opened our eyes, or right. our eyes were opened, you know, right. he gives you that tap on the—you get that moment of clarity, if you will. Um, but the, one other thing is, part of the metaphor is— we were so thirsty at that point in time back in the football field we would have drank we drank muddy water right and when you're that thirsty and you're for how many years did you drink you were thirsty you right. knew there was a void right but you drank the wrong water right Right? right. So being thirsty is one thing. every human being is dying of thirst. We're all mm-hmm. dying of thirst. But the question is, are we going to the right fountain? Remember the woman right. from— Right, so we're, so we're all dying from sin. We're all dying from sin. We, right. we have a terminal illness. Right. It's not a legal problem. Right. It's Don't a term- need to be forgiven. No. It's, we, it's a whole lot more than we, that. It's a lot more than— it's the forgiveness, forgiveness heals the soul. Don't get me wrong. It heals the soul. But God wants to forgive and make us well. Right. He wants to build us so we, those burdens can—so we can be trustworthy. Right. He wants trustworthy friends. He, he wants w- to remove that disease that is th- causing our death. Yeah, yeah, and so and he, we are the bride of Christ. Is that not true? Mm-hmm. And so the bride needs to be faithful. Um, and and so uh, this is the main. But the good news is, is that even if we are unfaithful or we're not, don't think we're measuring up, we don't need to worry because God looks at each one of us and says, you know, follow me. The best you can, and and you will be okay. Yep. If we confess our sins, He is, is faithful and That's just right. to forgive us our sins and to cleanse. And I'm forgiveness glad. and cleansing. And I'm really glad because I can't I can't handle that responsibility. Me either. It's too you know? much for me. I can't look at where I ended up when I was trying. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's it's too much for for a carnal human being. But that's where the faith comes in. If we trust God, trust in Him. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever, and the word in Greek is pistis or pistil, whoever trusts and continues to trust Him shall not perish or have everlasting life. So He shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Right. The two consequences of sin: perish or everlasting life. Right. 
depending on whether you want to trust the doctor. Right. He gives us the freedom to choose. He gives us the freedom to choose. He, uh, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open the door, why is he knocking? He's on the outside. And so are we in our daily lives living that character, seeking after righteousness so other people can see that light in us? So we can let our light shine. It doesn't say make your light shine. It says let it shine. It has to be in in order to let it shine. Uh, Fascinating how the Holy Spirit works. Fascinating how God works. He works through, through human beings, and the closer we get, to him. The more we assimilate the character of Christ, the more God dwells in us, the more he can speak to others through us right. by us assimilating that character of Christ and saying, yes, God, we're on your side. Yes, God, right. I want to be your bride. So are people happier when you're coming into a room or when you're leaving? Yeah, room? <laughs> yeah. Are they happier to see you when you get there or happy when you leave? Right. Yeah. So uh, we're going to have to wrap it up, folks. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thank you for listening to the Temple of the Mind on Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple, The Way Out of Your Prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.